the lifting of an object should be as a vital component of like the ergonomics of most designed objects. So if we're designing things to be lifted, we're also thinking about what's going to lift them. I want it so that, and people, I want people to engage with lifting people when they're designing their objects. We are going to plan how to lift it. And we can either do that a week before you're going to lift it. And it's quite a complicated operation with lots of accessories and quite a big crane. Or we can get involved when you're designing it and say, well, oh, if we change this little bit, actually, we can make it a lot easier and we can reduce the number of moving parts in our lifting operation to make it a lot safer for everybody. So I would like people to think about when they're making or building whatever they're building, how they lift it in each step. Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Bernadette Ballantyne. In this episode, we have partnered with crane manufacturer Liebherr to look at the work of lifting engineers. Modern cranes are highly optimised. They're designed to lift as much as possible, as far or as high as possible, while being able to fit into tight spaces when needed. To work safely and efficiently, they need to spread the weight of the load and the crane down to the ground they stand on, evenly and predictably. And on the road, whether on their own wheels or on a transporter, they need to be able to travel within tight axle load limits while carrying as much ballast and additional components as possible. Manufacturers like Liebherr design their cranes to meet all of these requirements, but making the most of these cranes takes both engineering expertise and the right tools to plan how to deploy a crane and how it will perform each operation on a project. In the introduction, we heard from one of those lifting engineers, or lift planners. His name is... Andrew Lloyd. I'm the lead lifting engineer at Select, and I look after the crawler cranes, the hoists and the specialist lifting. What my job is, is that somebody has something they want to lift or something they want to build, and they ask my advice on how we should lift and how we should build it. In this episode, we will look at how Andrew helped a client in East London find a way to complete a bridge construction project, using just the relatively small crane that they had on site, rather than the much larger model they had originally thought they would need. And we'll learn how he used a recently updated tool from Liebherr called Crane Planner 2.0, both to visualise the job himself and to show his proposal in a clear and intuitive way to the client. The challenge for lift planners like Andrew is not just working out how to perform a lift, but how to perform it efficiently. Making use of the smallest crane you can while still working safely. That was what Andrew faced when planning how to complete the East London Bridge project. It's quite a long bridge that is, say, a kilometre long. The bridge will be made up of a series of beams, each weighing 35 to 40 tonnes and measuring up to 30 metres long. And the job would be taking place on a constricted site. There would be obstacles that would need to be lifted over or avoided. There was an unloading area for the lorries that would deliver the beams. And there was a space near where the beams would be positioned. In between, there was a narrow pinch point. The original plan was to use a large crawler crane from the platform side, where we had more space. But in terms of the amount of lorries that it took to bring all the components, the amount of time it took to rig it, and just the expense of hiring that crane off somebody, it was massive. 
that large crane would have been used to reach right out to where the beams were delivered and then lift them up, turn the crane and lower them into position. But, as Andrew says, a large crawler can be very expensive, perhaps costing many tens of thousands just to hire. And before a large crane can be set to work, it has to be set up. A crawler crane like this is delivered in parts. The base, which houses the engine and cab, arrives on a low loader. It raises itself up on hydraulic legs. Which allows the tracks to be connected, often using another smaller crane. And then the other components are attached. The steel lattice sections that make up the boom, that long piece that pivots from the base of the crane. And often a luffing jib, a pivoting steel lattice extension. And at the same time, ballast needs to be attached to the back of the crane. This keeps the crane in balance as it lifts the boom and jib up from the ground and later when it's lifting loads and moving them back and forth. All of which takes time and space. To fit together a 100 metre boom, you need at least 100 metres of clear space on the ground with space around it for the assist crane that's needed to lift those lattice sections. You also need to prepare the ground so it is strong enough to take the weight of the crane and all of the ballast that's needed to support that long heavy boom as it's raised up. So Andrew wanted to find another way to do the job. Rather than spending time and money on hiring in a new, bigger crane to lift over the obstacles, he wanted to use a much smaller, cheaper crane that the client had already got on site. And to use that to pick up the beams close to the delivery lorries to carry them hanging from the crane hook as it moved across the site on tracks. Passing through that narrow pinch point to where the beams would be placed on the bridge piers. But this gap was so narrow that even the small crane looked like it might not fit. He was pretty sure it would. But he needed to work out for himself exactly how the crane and the load would be positioned as they moved. And he wanted to be able to show the client that the job could be done this way. To do that, he used a tool from Liebherr called Crane Planner 2.0. Once, lift planners would work with two-dimensional drawings, or computerised tools, to map how a crane and its load would move through a job site. And they'd need to refer to a load chart to check the crane's capacity at each of these points. A key concept to bear in mind when thinking about lifting is the load moment. That's a combination of weight and distance. A paper load chart shows the weight a crane can lift at a given distance from the crane. So force times distance, in this case the force is the weight of the object and the distance is like how far from the crane we're picking it up or putting it down. That's the combination of the weight of the object being lifted along with the crane boom, rope and hook and its distance from the base of the crane. A crane has got a much better capacity close to it because the moment is much lower so it can lift much heavier loads closer and as you go further away it gets much harder and harder to lift it until you reach the point where you can't lift it anymore. When manufacturers like Liebherr design a new crane, their engineers will calculate how the crane's capacity changes as it raises loads up and out. As cranes are designed to be configured in many different ways. With telescopic booms that extend or latticed booms that can be assembled to different lengths. And various arrangements of jibs and boom support systems and counterweight systems at the back of the crane that can carry varying amounts of ballast and that can sometimes be moved backwards and forwards to balance the load. All of which changes the capacity of the crane in different positions and needs to be included in the load chart used by planners like Andrew. So a load chart basically is a table with uh, the outreacher of a machine 
and the capacity, so it means the, the maximum load the machine can take. That was Christoph Mai. I'm the product manager of Crane Planner. This is Leapers lift planning solution. Crane Planner replaces a lot of this painstaking work that lift planners like Andrew once needed to do. It incorporates all of the information that is included in the paper load charts, along with digital models of Liebherr's cranes and of the site and loads they are working on. It presents this in a 3D environment, which can be accessed on a computer or even using virtual reality systems. It was this he used to plan the awkward manoeuvre on the East London Bridge project. It starts off with just an empty, basically like almost like a chessboard, and I can put different pieces on it. So the first thing I usually start putting in, it depends what information I've got. So if I know what crane is on site, I'll put that in first and I'll work from there. If I get like a 3D model of the site, I'll put that in first and start with that. Or I might just have some drawings and I'll have to build some part of the site. The key here is ease of use. Unlike a CAD or BIM system, crane planners designed to provide lift planners with all the information they need but not to slow them or their computer down with information they don't need. So there are projects where I've planned quite a lot of lifts with quite a big crane over a long time, like several months, to build quite a big complicated shaped building where in the crane planner I've just got a wall because that's my critical point. On this job, Andrew wanted to show how the small crawler could fit through that narrow gap with the 30 metre beam hanging from its hook. If you were walking with a long object through a corridor, how would you lift it? It's just the same. But it wasn't quite as easy as carrying a ladder through a door. We needed quite a long area to do this, so we had to pick off the side of the transport in the wide area, turn the load kind of sideways at a very specific height, so we could lift it sort of almost not quite down the side of the crane. So then we could move it through the narrow area into the, where we needed to get it, track along with it, turn the crane through, and then just lift it down into position. Using a 3D system like Crane Planner, Andrew could see all the points at which the crane or the load might collide with obstacles on site. He could see how to turn the top of the crane. Slewing, as it is described in the lifting industry. To precisely position the beam just along the crane as it tracked forward. Making sure that the crane isn't overloaded or isn't in a position that concentrates all of the load in a single point, making it break through the ground below. He could visualise all of this information himself and he could show the client how the job would work. Yes, yeah, so it allows you to both think in 3D and show other people what you're thinking in 3D. So the people who are employing us to find a way to do it but because they're ultimately responsible, they need to be certain that it works. So we need to communicate it to them. So in 2D ways, this would be very difficult because you just couldn't draw what we wanted to show them in a very visual way that clearly shows it doesn't work. You'd have to kind of look at two different 2D drawings, build a 3D model in your brain and be like, okay, yeah, I can see how that works and kind of prove it to yourself. Whereas this way, I can plan it and then just show them look it works and we're safe distances away from the crane with the load and from the obstructions that you've got so it turns what would have been a really complicated thing to show and plan into something that looks really that is quite simple really andrew had to show how a fairly small crawler crane could complete the job smaller crawler cranes like this are built by liebherr at its factory in nenzing in austria 
It was here that the company first developed Crane Planner. But the company also builds larger crawler cranes at its factory in Erhingen, Germany, as well as another type of crane known as an all-terrain. As we've talked about, a crawler crane is designed to arrive at a job site in pieces and be put together on site. It lets you work on very rough ground and is comparatively cheap to hire. Crawler cranes are mainly used for large installations in building constructions and plant engineering, but also for the construction of huge wind turbines, for example. However, crawler cranes are more complex and therefore more expensive to transport. You need several trucks and trolleys or heavy transport vehicles for the transport to the site. Therefore, they are a perfect solution for long-term construction sites. That was Wolfgang Boos. I'm product manager at uh, Lieper in, in Ehingen, and I'm responsible for all the digital products. Wolfgang explains that an all-terrain crane, or any other mobile crane, is a very different beast. Mobile cranes show their strengths in mobility and flexibility. They can be moved from one location to the next quite quickly and require significantly less space on the job site than crawler cranes. If mobile cranes are operated with a telescopic boom only, no further accessories and therefore no transports are necessary. It's designed to travel on the road on its own wheels with all of its key components in place, but also to travel on the rougher ground of a construction site. It has a telescopic boom made out of sections of very thin but very strong steel. This means that you don't need a lot of space to assemble the boom, but can just extend it to the length you need. It has a tailor-made suspension system that balances the weight of the crane and its ballast to fit within road regulations on axle loading, and that allows it to turn in very tight circles, or to move almost sideways. Which is known as crab steering. When it gets to work, it doesn't support itself on wide, long metal tracks like a crawler crane. Instead, it uses metal legs, known as outriggers, to raise it off the ground so that the weight of the crane and load isn't supported by its rubber tyres. The wider apart these legs are, the more stable the crane is. But sometimes you want to work in a confined space, so you'll set up one set of outriggers as far as you can, where you have space, and set the other side so they are closer to the crane, avoiding any obstacles. That means that the crane can lift more on the side where the outriggers are fully extended than on the other, where they're closer to the crane. In the past, these outriggers could only be used at two or three fixed positions. That meant crane designers would calculate a handful of different load charts, which lift planners like Andrew could refer to. Modern all-terrain cranes can extend their outriggers steplessly to any position that fits the site. To make the most of this, Liebherr has developed a computerised control and safety system called VarioBase. This calculates the capacity of the crane in real time as it lifts and moves a load, taking into account the exact position of each outrigger. The crane operator sees this on the control screen, which shows a drawing of the crane of the load on the hook, all surrounded by a series of irregular round shapes, coloured green to show where the crane can carry this load safely. Yellow is where it's coming close to its capacity, and red if it's over capacity. This is known as a load moment indicator. This is backed up by a related system, the load moment limiter, or LML, which will prevent the operator from moving the load into a dangerous position and tipping the crane over. Like on a crawler, all-terrain cranes use counterweight, pieces of ballast behind the crane that balance the load. 
The more ballast you have, the more you can hang on the hook, and the further you can move that load away from the crane. Once you could merely add and remove pieces of ballast to the back of the crane, this took time to do, and meant you'd often have to transport extra counterweight to the site on a separate vehicle. In recent years, Lieber has developed a system called Vario Ballast. This uses hydraulics to move the counterweight backwards and forwards. The further back the counterweight is, the more the crane can lift. But that means the back of the crane may hit obstacles as it turns. So just like Vario Base precisely calculates the crane's capacity according to the position of the outriggers, Vario Ballast considers the exact position of the ballast, showing the operator this information on the load moment indicator and preventing them from entering a dangerous position using the load moment limiter. For an operator, all of this can be easily and intuitively understood. The crane calculates the safe capacity as they move the crane, according to its outrigger and counterweight position, and shows them on a screen. But for a lift planner, using old paper or spreadsheet-based planning tools, it'd be impossible to make use of these systems to their full potential. Even for somewhat simpler machines, paper is unwieldy. Your lifting chart would be massive, and you should see them anyway. <laughs> you can get the lifting tables, and they come in a folder that is like four inches thick. But the complexity and flexibility of modern all-terrain cranes takes this to a whole new level. Each of the outrigger positions, or the telescopic positions, or the various base or various ballast positions means different capacity, means a different outrigger, um, means a different force that are applied to the ground and those data are so various they they can't be printed into a low chart that's still given to the customer as a, as a folder as a paper folder so those machines are becoming so complex that you're not able to to print all behavior all physical behavior into a low chart and that's why for today's machines, we need electronic and digital tools to bring all the necessary and the, the needed information for the machine's behavior to the planners to make them use of the machines they bought. This, in part, is what prompted the team at Liebherr Nenzing to team up with their colleagues at Liebherr Ehingen to develop Crane Planner 2.0, which would for the first time include all-terrain cranes in its LTM range not just the LR-denominated crawlers. The first step in this expansion was to add one of the largest all-terrains Liebherr makes, the LTM 1750-9.1. This is a very big crane indeed. The sort of crawler cranes Andrew has been describing have a nominal capacity of less than 300 tonnes. That is, they'll lift 300 tonnes a few metres away from the base of the crane. The crane will lift up to 750 tonnes in these conditions, it travels on nine axles and is often used with a latticework luffing jib fitted onto its telescopic main boom in sections with a boom support system known as Y-guying. That's essentially two large pieces of metal that extend from the lower sections of the boom in a Y shape with steel ropes connecting them to the top and bottom of the boom. This keeps the boom rigid but adds to the tail swing of the crane and must be considered when planning a job. It's this sort of configuration, these cranes are often used for jobs where you need to lift heavy loads very high, well over 100 metres, while staying within a limited space on the ground. That might be placing a BMU or building maintenance unit on the roof of a skyscraper, performing maintenance on a wind farm. Or to dismantle a tower crane, 
Indeed, if you want to see one of these at work, keep an eye out in any busy city on a Sunday. You'll often spot one set up for a job like this, working on a tower crane when the rest of the job site is quiet and is easier to secure permissions for road closures. Smaller all-terrains are designed to just turn up and get to work. It's on the larger LTMs like the 1750 that a tool like Crane Planner is most useful. For small jobs, planning is often not even necessary. The crane uh, arrives at a job site, does the job and drives to the next construction site. So this is called a taxi crane. We started um, uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the big ones like the, the 1750 uh, and so on. And now we, we integrate um, also the smaller cranes. So we, we concentrate um, to integrate those cranes uh, where we learned that our customers uh, plan or I, um, I used to plan mostly. It's partly because of this that Andrew was asked to test Crane Planner 2.0. While Select does a lot of work planning crawler crane jobs like the East London Bridge project, a core part of its business is supplying tower cranes. The idea of Select is that we give you everything that you should need to build something. So we will put in the temporary power, the temporary water supply, the temporary accommodation, even the site security from the start to finish. And along your program, we will give you the tools you need to do that in terms of cranes, tower cranes, crawler cranes, hoists, specialist lifting, mupes. We can do specialist plant like piling. For Andrew, that means he often needs to plan how to use a big all-terrain crane to erect or dismantle a tower crane. That often takes place in the most challenging locations. You probably use the tower crane because you're building something tall. The reason you were building something tall was because the ground, the, the, the real estate was worth a lot. So you've got this tall thing where all the weight is at the top that built something in a very expensive area. So you probably don't have very much room. So you're really restricted on space to get this thing down. And that's where planning the mobile crane to get the crane out is a very key part of the job. An LTM 1750-9.1 is ideal for this sort of work. Its main telescopic boom extends to 52 metres. With its latticework jib attached in sections, it can reach a maximum height of 152 metres and out as far as 112 metres. So it can reach up and over obstacles and position itself so the tower crane pieces don't collide with the crane boom. Andrew says that the initial erection of the tower crane is relatively easy. You've usually got quite a well-prepared site that's basically like a nice big flat area of land that's been made very strong to support a very big building with having piles that go down to a rock layer. So you've got almost the best conditions you'll ever have usually for putting the crane in. But even this takes some careful planning. We build the mast up to the height we need and then one of the possible heaviest lifts is the slewing unit which allows the crane to turn. It's the big heavy unit that connects to the mast with the motors inside it and there's a lot of structural components for the rest of the crane to attach to. So that is quite often your heavy lift. Then you build the counter jib, which has got the winches and the ballast on. The luffing jib, there's a big A-frame that goes on top of that that can be 16 meters taller than your mast. So then you've got your highest lift. That you, so you've got your heaviest lift, your highest lift, but then also you've probably got your furthest lift, which involves your jib, especially as you go to longer jibs. When you come to take the tower crane down, the skyscraper it has been building will be in the way. 
So rather than the flat, open, well-supported ground you are working on at the start of the job, you are now working in a very constricted space. The long tower crane jib, the lattice workpiece that extends out from the tower with the hook on, is perhaps the biggest challenge here. The mobile crane will need to reach up and out to lift this. It will need to turn to bring it away from the building, but doing this can mean that the jib collides with the mobile crane. It's hard to visualise and hard to plan for, and that's where the 3D capacities of Crane Planet 2.0 are so useful. You might be able to, in theory, get the top of the boom to where you need it to get to, but the middle of the boom hits the thing you actually want to lift. So thinking about these, so you've got your tower crane jib that's at about a five degree angle from vertical, and then you've got your mobile crane boom, which is at an angle in two different planes. So it's turned if you looked in above, and then also if you looked from the side, it's going at like, say, like 70 degrees. So because it's turned in two planes, to think about it in two dimensions is really difficult. And to, to work out these crossover, what we call a crossover point, isn't, is one, it's, it's difficult to explain as we're seeing now. I remember when I, I was having explained to me, I think I had to have it explained to me about five times. I was like, I really am sorry, I'm just not getting this. I don't even know what it is. So even explaining the problem of the boomers crossing over with the jib is hard, let alone drawing it out and communicating to somebody that it works. So that's where being able to do it in 3D, it just, I don't know, you, you probably wouldn't even think it was a problem if you hadn't started in 2D because you would just be so used to doing it in 3D on the Crane Planner and be like, well, that hits that, I can't do it here. With Crane Planner, Andrew can set up the site in his 3D plan. He can draw up quick models of each of the components of the tower cranes, select supplies, just like he added models of the concrete beams for the bridge project. And then he can use the 3D mobile or crawler crane models that Liebherr supplies, along with all of that complex calculation of capacities that's needed for a highly configurable crane like the LTM 1750. He can clearly and intuitively visualise how the mobile crane and tower crane will interact on his desktop PC without complicated CAD drawings. It allows me to do what I want to do, which is find the right crane. And it allows me to not do the things I don't want to do, which is mess about with CAD. So because I can just move the crane into where I need it to go, and because I can just see very quickly and easily that something works, something I'm heading down the right path, that I can keep going. Whereas in the old way, I would have to draw quite a lot before I even knew that it wasn't going to work. The simplicity of Crane Planner means that it doesn't just have to be a tool for lift planners. As Andrew explained in the introduction, many construction or other lifting jobs would be safer, faster and more efficient if they had been planned with some consideration of how loads will be lifted on site. Crane Planner can also be used by other designers and engineers, ideally in collaboration with an expert lift planner like Andrew. There's a link in the show notes that can be used to set up an account and see how it works. It could help visualise how moving a lifting point on a heavy load or making slight adjustments to a schedule could make it much easier to avoid delays during a project. You can solve a job site in a, in a lot of versions or in a lot of variations. Frame Planner helps you to, to understand about the principal behaviour uh, of outreach, of height, of those geometry, spacing and clearance topics we talked about before so giving our crane planner gives them the customer the, the engineer a tool 
for creating a, a concept, lifting concept of how to solve the erection or the, the construction of a building. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. This episode was written and produced by Will North, hosted by Alex Conacher and Bernadette Ballantyne, sound engineering by Ross McPherson, series supervision by John Young, and the man who raises us up is Rory Harris. Thank you for listening. You can find Engineering Matters on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. 